0: Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks and coming up today, let's try this again. Cedar Point is gearing up for a second take on their 150th anniversary season that was upended by the coronavirus last year. We'll get a preview. Also this morning, to your health, you probably didn't know that cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of maternal death in the US. A part of the heart health story that isn't often discussed to close out American Heart Month. We get our weekend basketball preview. The track co-champion Findlay Trojans begin tournament play against Springfield later tonight. And we have more easy and delicious recipes for your family from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, February 26th, 2021.
1: WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. WTOL 11 first alert forecast is calling for sunny skies today and a high of 45, partly cloudy tonight, low of 36. Sporting arenas and entertainment venues will be allowed to reopen this spring. However, Governor DeWine says the reopening will come with capacity limits, a 25% maximum for indoor facilities and a 30% maximum for outdoor venues. Face masks and social distancing will be mandatory. The governor also said that no more than Six people can sit together, and it's recommended they are in the same household. Get more on our website. Meantime, the ability of the governor to issue public health orders would be restricted. Under a bill in the Ohio House, that's the latest effort by Republicans to rein in the state's authority. An Ohio House committee reviewed the GOP-backed bill that looks to create legislative oversight of emergency orders made by fellow Republican Governor Mike DeWine and the Ohio Department of Health. The effort is similar to a bill that passed in the Senate last week that would limit public health emergency orders to 90 days and also give the General Assembly the power to rescind those orders by resolution after 30 days. Dave James, in News. Hancock Public Health is getting a mobile health clinic. Health Commissioner Kareem Baroudi says the first thing it will be used for is vaccine distribution.
2: And I think the immediate need you know, to administer the vaccine to be mobile enough uh, and agile enough to be able to go to different target groups, that's how it's going to be utilized to start with.
1: He says the mobile clinic will also be used for a variety of prevention initiatives like immunizations and health education. He hopes to have it up and running in April. Get more details on our website. A storm sewer project will impact traffic in and through Macomb beginning Monday. Storm sewer installation will close the intersection of State Route 235 Park Drive and State Route 613 Main Street in Macomb. The Ohio Department of Transportation says the closure will last about 21 days. We have a map of the detours on our website. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm Matt Demchek with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
0: 22 days until spring now. 22 days. And it looks like this weekend we'll get a taste of that into, what do they say, the the low to mid-50s on Saturday and maybe mid to upper 50s on Sunday. So, definitely... Stuff to look forward to there in the forecast. 22 days until spring. Today, if you are looking for a reason to celebrate, it is Tell a Fairy Tale Day. Once upon a time, it was Tell a Fairy Tale Day. Uh, Today is Carnival Day. It is For Pete's Sake Day. For Pete's Sake. Where does that phrase come from? For Pete's Sake. Some say that Pete, in that phrase... Uh, stands for St. Peter. I don't know. For Pete's sake day. Today, it is National Pistachio Day, National Skip the Straw Day. And by the way, I saw this on the uh, Newswire um, with respect to that, Skip the Straw Day. Plastic straws are starting to become a thing of the past, so much so that They are selling for thousands of dollars on eBay. I kid you not, um, a plastic straw from McDonald's was sold on eBay. Actually, uh, a set of three plastic straws from McDonald's, brand new, unused, unopened, and undamaged, according to the listing, sold for just over $6,300 dollars. On eBay, $6,000 plus for three McDonald's plastic straws. Why would someone pay such an astronomical amount for a McDonald's plastic straw? Well, apparently, and this was, by the way, all out of the UK, because in Great Britain, uh, the chain has banned plastic straws. Uh, as of like two, three years ago, back in 2018, they did this, and they now issue paper straws instead. And apparently, uh, Brits are nostalgic for the uh, plastic straws and are willing to shell out big bucks for the $6,300 for a set of three McDonald's. I know what I'm doing today. <laughs> I'm going over to McDonald's. I'm going to buy up all of the plastic straws, put them on eBay. Is that crazy or what? Uh, by the way, it is also... Thermos bottle day today, and it is Purim, uh, the festival of lots in the Jewish faith. So, uh, be Purim. To is it appropriate to say happy? I don't. I'm not familiar with uh, the celebrations of the Jewish faith. Is it appropriate to say happy Purim? I don't know. But anyway, take that in the spirit that is intended. Uh, some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. So here is your uh, daily coronavirus story. They say when schools begin reopening for in person learning, and around here they have been for a while uh, locally, but around the country there are some places where schools still have remained closed and they are uh, awaiting the full reopening. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, is warning, warning that outbreaks of the common cold could become more commonplace. This is the one. This is the. Uh, this is the narrative. In reopening schools, is that there is no scientific evidence that they become hotspots for the spread of COVID nineteen. However, the CDC says outbreaks of the common cold be- uh, could become more commonplace. They looked at data on the reopening of schools in Hong Kong to get an idea of what we might expect here in the U.S. and there. Uh, Schools closed due to COVID-19 from late January to May of 2020, then they reopened briefly before closing again amid a surge in cases. When schools and child cares reopened in October, cases of the common cold surged among children despite the mandatory use of face masks and other measures to curb COVID-19 spread. So the researchers believe the kids were more susceptible to common cold causing rhinoviruses Because they had spent the majority of the year away from others outside their household, decreasing the number of chances they had to be exposed to rhinoviruses and ultimately build up immunity. Now, again, you cannot relate that to the spread of COVID-19 because we're talking about two different classes of viruses, coronaviruses versus rhinoviruses. Uh, but researchers uh, say that other reasons for rhinovirus outbreaks could be that the things we've been doing to prevent the spread of the coronavirus just aren't as effective against this class of bugs, and uh, rhinoviruses are known to be more resistant to certain disinfectants than coronaviruses and the influenza virus is. So, long and short of it, don't be surprised if we get a larger spread of the common cold, if not COVID-19 and the seasonal flu. Two different things. So kind of some interesting stuff there. Um, this is kind of interesting. Tinder. Maybe our grandparents had it right all along. Tinder is seeing a rise in the number of people using old-time, old-fashioned romantic terms. The dating app's data shows a dramatic rise in the mentions of the words courting and flirting in dating app bios. Indeed, courting is a thing again. Uh, Tinder says uh, the word courting has been included in 81% more Tinder bios this year compared to February of 2020. The data pertains to users ages 18 to 25, so it seems Gen Z is showing an interest in more traditional forms of romancing. The dating app theorizes the popularity of period dramas like Bridgerton on Netflix and uh, other uh, period pieces uh, could be the reason for this. In addition, the term flirting had 132 percent more mentions in bios this year as compared to last. So, not that, maybe our grandparents had it right after all. Uh, this has been speaking of uh, trends among young people. Um, abstinence uh, from from alcohol uh, has been a big thing. What was it? Dry January was a thing, and this has been for a number of years. People. Uh, Young people not drinking uh, as much Uh, social drink. Of course, during the coronavirus lockdown and all of the restrictions, there haven't been as many opportunities to go out and drink with friends. But uh, even before that, a lot of the younger generation have been abstaining from alcohol. And this has led to a rise in the number of alcohol-free drinks cocktails uh, without any alcohol, um, what we used to call near beer, non-alcoholic beers, non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic brews, and now uh, gin maker Tanqueray, uh, makers of London Dry Gin, which have been around for 191 years, have now introduced an alcohol-free gin. They're calling it Tanqueray 0.0. The no-alcohol drink is meant to replicate the taste of London dry gin, which has an alcohol by volume content of between 43 and 47%. Uh, Fox News notes that non-alcoholic and low-alcohol spirits have become more popular in recent years with a recent report from uh, 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 an industry analyst firm saying the market is expected to increase by 31% by 2024 in 10 global markets, including the U.S. and the U.K. So non-alcoholic gin. You know what they call non-alcoholic gin? Water. Flavored water. That's what it is. That's uh, basically what it amounts to. Kind of interesting. And speaking of uh, science, oh, did you see this crazy story? Uh, an American Airlines pilot reported seeing a long cylindrical object coming very close to his aircraft as it was flying over New Mexico the other day. Uh, actually happened on Sunday, I guess. Uh, this was uh, report was in the news just a couple of days ago. It was a flight from Kentucky to Phoenix. In a statement, the FBI noted they are now investigating the incident. The FAA said in a statement that air traffic controllers did not see any object in the area of their radar scopes. But the pilot can be heard saying, what was that? Just flew over the plane a long. He said it it looked like a missile, but nothing on the radar scope. American Airlines confirmed that the radio call came from one of their planes, but deferred further questions to the FBI. Hmm. Weird story. And uh, here, another sign of the times. Mr. Potato Head, no longer a Mr. Hasbro, the company that makes the iconic potato-shaped plastic toy, is giving the spud a gender-neutral new name. It'll henceforth just be known as Potato Head. Not Mr. and Mrs., just Potato Head. The change will appear on boxes this year. Toy makers have been updating their classic brands to appeal to today's generation of kids. Barbie has shed its blonde image, now comes in multiple skin tones and body shapes. Thomas the Tank Engine added more girl characters. An American girl is now selling a boy doll. Hasbro said Mr. Potato Head, which has been around for about 70 years, needed a modern makeover. So no more Mr. Potato Head. (laughs) Well make of that what you will there you go some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your friday morning started
3: WFIN says, Thank you for listening. And remember, you can listen around the clock on computer, smartphone, or tablet. Start your day with Chris Oakes and Good Mornings, and stay with us all day long. You also get CBS Sports Radio plus all of our locally originated sports programming. Listen live whenever you like at 1330 WFIN 955 FM and at WFIN.com, where you can also grab our free mobile apps for iOS or Android.
0: So let's try this again. Those big plans for a 150th anniversary celebration at Cedar Point got upended, of course, by the pandemic last year. But as they prepare for a new season at America's Rock and Roller Coast, park spokesperson Tony Clark is with us on the line once again. And Tony, are you you looking at this as a reboot or as a continuation of the anniversary celebration? What is kind of the mindset there at the park?
4: Well, it's a little bit of both, Chris. And thanks for having us on today. You know, we're 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 all disappointed, just like everyone else is, that didn't get to celebrate, uh, you know, major events. Uh, you know, we're, we're not the only business that you know sure. celebrated a big anniversary last year. So um, I think everyone's just kind of making do with with the situation, and that's what we're doing. You know, you saw some touches of the anniversary in the park last year, but we didn't celebrate with all of the elements, like the parade, the new ride, special merchandise, all those things that we are going to uh, celebrate this year. So look at it as a uh an anniversary take two um <laughs> even though it's not the 150th we are we're gonna we're gonna do a do-over um and i think everybody really would like a do-over <laughs> with a lot yeah. of things so so we're just we're, we're just no different you know uh
0: you held your big annual winter chill out event last weekend what was the mood of those park aficionados who were there i mean what kind of vibe did you get and what does that tell you about the season ahead
4: well, we love the winter chill out event. It's for charity for a kid again. Um, you know, we raise over $60,000 for that organization and, and, um, it's the only time that guests get to see the park while it's sleeping. And so we thought we'd have the charitable event component of it, but also showcase some of the things that we do behind the scenes that nobody gets to see. And I, I'll tell you, you know, we're, we're always happy to see guests in the park again. So that's one highlight, but you know, it seems like everyone is, is, uh, is just excited to get on with their lives and have a normal summer and, you know, we're still going to have safety protocols in place, but we're still Cedar Point. You know, we're still going to provide uh, safe family fun, uh, give you a little break from what's going on in the real world. But, you know, unfortunately, with the way things are, a little bit of the real world has to creep in for safety. Sure. Um, but that's what we're, we're, we're there to make people happy. And um, it seemed like they were all excited uh, once they saw all of the things that we're going to do. And, you know, they asked us all kinds of questions and, and saw some of the things we're going to introduce. So it was, it was a good event. And they're, they're as excited as we are.
0: Okay, so like we said, a lot of the plans that you had for 2020 had to be shelved. What are you bringing back? What are you adding to the schedule for the anniversary celebration? Kind of give us a preview here.
4: Yeah, some of the bigger things that we're doing that were postponed. Um, I think the biggest the biggest one is the uh, Celebrate 150 Spectacular. That's our, our new parade and nighttime uh, street party. That is going to happen beginning June 26th. It'll run through August 15th every night. Um, It's it's a it's a parade uh, with a scale that you've never seen at Cedar Point before. Some of these floats that we have are more than two stories tall. They celebrate different parts of Cedar Point's history from roller coasters to the beach, to the hotel, acrobats, performers, uh, music. So that's going to that's going to really be the centerpiece. We're also introducing Snake River Expedition. It's our new family river adventure ride. It's not a water ride. It's a it's a boat, a calm boat ride where you become part of the action and you get asked to do a few things. And it's just a really good interactive story for the whole family to participate in. So we're excited about that. And plus we have new food options that are going to debut this year. Uh, you know, something called the wild turnips. So if you're vegan or vegetarian, that new restaurant will debut. Um, if you remember having the old school plastic uh, fruit shaped drink bottles back <laughs> in the day that we used to sell on carts, we're going we're gonna to bring those back during the celebration as well. And then you're going to see lots of collectible merchandise, pins, buttons, limited edition uh, collectibles that, that we're never going to sell again. So We're cramming all of that into June 26th through August 15th, but you will see some 150th touches throughout the entire season.
0: So let's get into some of the nuts and bolts uh, of this here. What about the protocols? You were mentioning that a little bit earlier. Will people still need reservations? Will capacity be limited? Will masks still be required? Kind of give us an, an idea of what all of that will look like.
4: Yeah, we're, we're still monitoring the, uh, the, the conditions in our, in our world, just like uh, a lot of other businesses are. And, you know, right now we don't have the finite, uh, you know, concrete details of what a visit to Cedar Point will look like okay. beginning May 14th when we open. Um, however, you know, the, the, basically the protocols that were in place last season are still technically in place. We haven't really, I mean, there there hasn't been a reason to change those because we've been closed, Mm -hmm. but we evaluate this with health experts, with local officials, state officials, um, you know, depending on how the vaccines are going, um, you know, it so so really the life that everyone is living out in the real world, uh, and, and we sometimes don't feel like the real world at Cedar Point, you know, it's just a very special, different kind of place. Right. Um, it's going to be pretty much the same as the real world inside our park as far as safety protocols. So, you know, you're probably going to expect social distancing, face coverings and things of that nature, but the specifics we will finalize just before we open and put those on our website for everyone to read.
0: So that opening date you mentioned, May 14th, just a few scant weeks away here, are there any other key dates to remember for the upcoming season as people start to make their early plans?
4: Yeah, our calendar is just a little bit different than it's been in the past. So make sure you visit CedarPoint.com because we're open a couple weekends in May, and then we begin daily operation Memorial Day weekend, and then there's some dates in August where we're only weekends as well, which is new and different. So make sure you check that out. But we've got still some great festivals. Frontier Festival kicks it off with uh, it's a street uh, a street festival with food, uh, beer sampling, food sampling, uh, craft vendors. Uh, it benefits uh, some of the things benefit prayers for Maria, which is a, a charitable organization we partnered with uh, a few years ago with the frontier festival um the other usual things that we that we do light up the point is coming up in july with the fireworks that everyone loves and looks forward to cedar point nights our nighttime celebration on the beach uh that celebrates the the, the, the place where it all started 151 years ago so we still have great events um and and really plan your visit around that and uh and, and come see us
0: and the resorts are going to be open as well
4: yeah, you know everything that we had open in the fall will be open. Okay. Uh, this uh, this spring, so you can stay at Hotel Breakers, right on the property, Lighthouse Point uh, Express Hotel, and our Castaway Bay Indoor Water Park Resort will also open a couple weeks before we open for the season. So you can stay there this summer, which was not open last year. So just okay. a few changes, but all of our properties will be open.
0: Okay. And uh, season tickets and the Gold Pass are still available for twenty twenty one on the website as well, right?
4: That is, that is correct. You can still purchase a season pass online, a gold pass, or a platinum pass if you plan on traveling across the country to some of our other great parks. We also have a great ticket deal $39.99 for a one day ticket any day of the season. So you can do that only online. Uh, we encourage people to buy those products online, by the way, so that you minimize the contact uh, at the park. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go to a ticket window. You already have that on your phone, and we can scan it and you can get right in the park uh, and do that. And important to note that if you had your pass last year, or you had a ticket that you did not use in 2020 because of the pandemic, you still can use that in 21.
0: Okay, so uh, all of those important things that folks need to know as they start to make their plans for the spring and summer of 2021. Uh, Again, uh, Tony Clark with us from uh, Cedar Point. And before we let you go, I have to ask, I have seen reports Mm -hmm. that the winter chill out last weekend, some fans spotted what appeared to be some cryptic clues about a new thrill ride possibly <laughs> possibly the next new coaster coming in 2022 can you shed some light on any of that
4: well you know every year at the winter chill event you know our our maintenance team you know they we get the 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 attendees get a little behind the scenes look at our maintenance shop and sometimes they throw a few Easter eggs in there, some fun <laughs> stuff. Um, this year they, they kind of went a little too literal and, you know, played a joke cause they play jokes every year mm-hmm. and said, you know, there was a new coaster coming and, and that was definitely just a joke. So oh, okay. we are, I, I cannot confirm, cannot confirm a, a giant roller coaster for 22. You know, we always try to make park improvements every year. Uh, but as as usual, I would wait until the uh, official announcement <laughs> of what's coming before uh, before we get too excited I, about what could be in the future.
0: I thought maybe we were going to break some news here, but uh, I, I can see we're still being no, coy about all of this.
4: Yes, and I still want to keep my job. So unfortunately, Chris, <laughs> I can't. <laughs>
0: Again, Tony Clark from Cedar Point with us this morning. May 14th is the opening day at America's Rock and Roller Coast. Tony, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Come see us this summer. Well, as we close out American Heart Month uh, this week, I want to talk about a, a part of the heart health story that is not often discussed. Did you know that cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of all maternal death and it can affect a woman of any age? And so joining us this morning to talk about how to keep your heart healthy During pregnancy, childbirth, and the postpartum period is Dr. Uh, Laxmi Mehta. Uh, She is with the Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center and a volunteer medical expert for the American Heart Association. And Leah Regert, Go Red for Real Women volunteer and uh, ladies thank you both for uh, taking the time this morning dr meta let me start with you when it comes to heart disease what are the top risk factors for maternal complications
5: sure i think we need to start first off and say that cardiovascular disease is the number one cause of mortality for women in the united states regardless of pregnancy or not yeah but it's also leading cause of maternal mortality, and associated with that are risk factors that can increase a woman's risk of developing maternal complications. One is race and ethnicity, so being black, um, American Indian, Alaska Native women, they are more likely to die from pregnancy-related complications compared to white women, almost two to three times more likely. And then age, older women are more likely to uh, to develop heart disease and which can be related to, and then result in maternal mortality. Three is blood pressure. Pregnant women who experience gestational hypertension, which is high blood pressure 20 weeks or later during pregnancy, are at a greater risk of developing heart failure, strokes, um, cardiovascular disease, and type two diabetes um, later on in life. And then fourth is weight. Um, we know that uh, women who are obese, uh, Prior to getting pregnant, are six times more likely to develop uh, gestational hypertension than someone who got pregnant at an ideal weight. And so, to sum it up, those four risk factors again are one, race and ethnicity; two, age three blood pressure, and four weight.
0: Now, the American Heart Association's Heart and Stroke Statistics 2021 update uh, actually uh, addresses this uh, issue. What are some of the key findings from this report?
5: So this is the first time that maternal health was even included in this. So, So that's kind of exciting to be able to say that now we've got more science and we can focus some attention on this. But three things to, that have come out is, one is that hypertension disorders and pregnancy are increasing at a rate um, higher than chronic hypertension. Two, the prevalence of preterm birth and lower birth weight uh, infants is highest in Blacks. And then gestational diabetes is highest in Asian women. And so these things like the uh, low birth weight, the gestational hypertension, and uh these can increase a woman's lifetime risk of cardiovascular disease. And that's why we need to pay attention to these and uh, try and combat them.
0: Uh, Lee, I want to bring you into the uh, conversation. Uh, You know firsthand how important it is and and how good that it is that we're actually taking uh, these statistics and looking at these statistics for the first time in this report, because you are, in fact, a heart failure and stroke survival. Share a little bit of your story.
6: Yeah, absolutely. So six days after I gave birth to my daughter, I had noticed that it was becoming increasingly difficult to breathe when I was laying down. My heart was racing. I developed a cough. Um, so we went to an urgent care. The doctor took one look at my numbers, um, my blood pressure and my heart rate, which were about double of what they, they normally are, and sent me to the emergency room where I was diagnosed with peripartum cardiomyopathy or postpartum heart failure. I was devastated and shocked. I had no risk factors. I had no family history, um, of heart failure. And one day after my discharge, I had a massive stroke. My husband noticed that the right side of my face was drooping. I was air cared to a hospital where, um, where the neurosurgeon plucked the clot from my brain. The doctors think that the clot formed when when my heart wasn't pumping well, and then it shot out as, as it began to recover.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, postpartum heart failure. I would imagine that there are a fair number of people who didn't even realize that that was a thing until you just said it. So I, I was one of those
6: people. Yeah. I, so, I had no idea it was a thing until I was diagnosed
0: with it. So, so how, uh, how long ago was this, and how are you managing uh, all of the uh, conditions and the after effects now?
6: This was about a little over a year and a half ago. My heart is holding steady at a low normal functioning, which is fantastic. Um, So at this point, I take medication three times a day. I take my blood pressure every day. I try to eat healthy and exercise. Um, But the most important thing that I I try to do is educate other women on the signs and symptoms. I, I didn't have any risk factors and it's just so important to listen to your body especially after after giving birth
0: so uh dr meta let's uh bring you back in here uh talk about what are some of those uh signs those warning signs again as you mentioned risk factors uh earlier but in leah's case she did not have those risk factors so there are there warning signs or are there clues that people can watch for
5: yeah, so if someone's having chest discomfort, chest pressure, chest tightness, that's a warning sign that they could be having a heart attack. Um, if they're having shortness of breath, um, sudden onset that's different than usual, um, inability to lay flat because they, they're having breathing difficulties, swelling in the legs, or even stroke-like symptoms where drooping of the face, weakness of the arm or leg, balance issues, slurred speech, those are all signs that you need to seek immediate medical attention. And I'd probably say if, if you know, definitely if you're having stroke-like symptoms or intense chest pain, better to just call 911 right. and be immediately evaluated.
0: Right. Are, are Are there any warning signs or clues that are different or more acute in a maternal situation?
5: Not necessarily. They're they're very similar. I think that one of the things that happens though with uh, pregnant women is is that it's normal to get shorter breath when you when you're gaining weight, and it's normal to have a little bit of swelling.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
5: and so, really watching, see how is it so intense, and in that it's lifestyle limiting is important. Discussing with your doctor is important. Kind of monitoring your blood pressure throughout pregnancy is important. But um, it's normal to ignore it too. That's that's the problem we're facing because there can be subtle things that that are normal with pregnancy as well. And you're just so focused on the baby and everything that's ideal for the baby and kind of neglect yourself. And that can be problematic as well.
0: Absolutely. As we mentioned, uh, cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of all maternal death, uh, obviously can affect a woman of any age uh, and, and can have lifelong consequences. Uh, worth pointing out that this is a uh, leading cause of uh, death uh, for women, period, but especially focusing in on uh, maternal uh, conditions uh, as we are this morning. Where do we get uh, more information about all of this?
5: Sure. So if someone wants more information, they can visit our website at goredforwomen.org where we have information on risk factors, the symptoms, the different types of cardiac conditions, and the latest research.
0: Once again, uh, Leah Riegert, Go Red for Real Women volunteer, and uh, Dr. Laxmi Mehta, uh, American Heart Association volunteer medical expert with the Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center. Thank Ladies, thank you both for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Now, for our weekend basketball preview, the regular season is in the books and the tournament has begun in high school basketball. You remember last year we didn't get the whole tournament in, Uh, everything was canceled toward the very end, and never did get to crown the champions boys basketball last season. So, hopefully. We'll get all the way through this year. The Findlay Trojans track co-champions. Co-champions of the Three Rivers Athletic Conference begin their tournament play against uh, Springfield tonight. Right here on 1330 WFIN, WFIN WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. Earlier this week on The Coach's Corner, host John Marshall spoke with head basketball coach Jim Rookie.
2: This is the 10th season of the Three Rivers Athletic Conference and you and your Trojans finish in a tie for first, the second track championship for your teams in that time. Is the track title always a goal for your team starting each season?
7: Yeah, it is, you know, and it's it's a tough. You know, there's a lot, some years you know that uh, it's going to be very, very challenging. We've had some teams, uh, you know, the Xavier Simpson-led uh, Lima senior teams and um, Mark Loving- uh, at uh saint john's you know went on to ohio state mr basketball we had a couple mr basketballs in our league and uh you know there's some years that you know it's going to be really really tough but that's what you start the year with and we had a setback against lima in january but our guys stayed resilient and
2: um able to win out and uh it's a great accomplishment for our kids So now we put that crown over on the shelf and we move ahead to the tournament. Your Trojans earned the number three seed in the Toledo district. On Friday night, you host Springfield High School out of Holland. You just saw them February 6th and you topped them pretty soundly 79-41. You've seen what they have. What will be the keys for your team to get the win and advance on Friday night?
7: Well, we just need to uh, come ready to play, you know, and, and start from the tip. And uh, we can't take anything for granted. Uh, you know, you're one loss and you're out now. And uh, you know, we look at it as we are o and o, and they are o and o. And uh, we're we're going to come out and, get, and win one game uh, to move on to the district. And hopefully, we'll have a great week of practice to lead up to that.
2: The Trojans open tournament play Friday night when they host Springfield in the Division One sectional. You can hear that game here on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and 95.5 FM with pregame at 640. That's a little earlier than usual. Uh, 640 pregame. Tip will be right at 7 o'clock. Mike Miller will have the call on that one. And, uh, you know, that
0: was one of the uh, things that they talked about after uh, the Trojans beat Springfield the last time is knowing that you very well could see them in the tournament, uh, you know, getting making sure you don't get overconfident with a big win uh, already earlier in the month. So uh, that one will be tonight right here on 1330 WFIN, WFIN WFIN.com, 95.5 FM. Over on our sister station, 100.5 WKXA, the Macomb Panthers will head to Old Fort for a matchup against the Stockaders, other BVC teams in action this evening. Van Buren travels to Colonel Crawford, take on the Eagles. Corey Rawson is at Ottoville for a showdown with the Big Green and Riverdale, fresh off their win, co-champions of the BBC, fresh off their win over co-champion Liberty Benton, will head to Wayne Trace this evening. Uh, Elsewhere, on 106.3 The Fox, Ottawa Glandorf plays host to the Bluffton Pirates who beat Tenora earlier in the week. That one should be a dandy. Uh, Game time on that one at 7 o'clock as well. Some of the other area teams in action. Harden Northern is at Calvert. Uh, St. Joe's Central Catholic is at Mohawk tonight. Uh, Elmwood is at Willard. Hopewell Loudon takes on Carey. Upper Sandusky is at Norwalk. And all of those games we're tracking on our scoreboard page. Powered by ScoreStream. We've got it all covered for you tonight. Follow along with your favorite team and all of the action. As the tournament gets underway, best of luck to all of the area teams. We've got it all linked up at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net.
3: We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: Today is. Uh, Broken uh, News, uh, the uh, report on the odd and unusual side of the news, brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. And we have a full slate of lunacy today. Uh, You remember yesterday, in the uh, Broken News, we told you about the woman who got spray-painted in the parking lot. Where was that? I don't even remember where that was, but uh, they couldn't figure out what what the argument... She was in an argument with someone who uh, spray-painted her in her her car in the parking lot. Nobody knows uh, exactly what the argument was all about. Here's another uh, case where uh, something very unusual happens, and there's no uh, real explanation as to how it all started. A woman in Centralia, Washington... Uh, char- charged with allegedly attacking her roommate, claims that she did so in an act of self-defense. Cassandra Aparicio, age 36, allegedly struck her roommate, Caitlin Mason, with a frying pan during an argument back in January last month. Uh, she told police that she used a cutting board. Ms. Mason used poli- uh, told police she used a cutting board to defend herself. A mutual roommate intervened, a third roommate, and Ms. Aparicio threw a frying pan at Mason before coming at her with a broomstick, according to court documents. When the mutual roommate attempted to separate them, Ms. Aparicio reportedly threw a knife at Ms. Mason and missed, and then got an axe, throwing it at uh, Ms. Mason as she fled out the back door. (laughs) So, a frying pan a uh, broomstick, a knife, and an axe. All uh, uh, Police say the roommate's version of the events was similar to Ms. Mason's, and uh, Ms. Aparicio initially denied the assault. (laughs) Completely. No, I didn't do any of that. Initially denied the assault, but later admitted to having the broomstick anyway. She was arrested and is currently being held on several charges and... No explanation as to what started the argument in the first place. (laughs) No no explanation whatsoever as to uh, what started it all to begin with. (laughs) Weird. Uh, Let's see here. This also from uh, back in January. Richard Machete is probably regretting some of his decisions he made last month. Uh, He's from Ridley Park, Pennsylvania, and allegedly took a break from rioting on the steps of the Capitol on January 6th. He was part of that melee. He allegedly took a break from rioting to argue with his ex-girlfriend via text message. (laughs) (laughs) After sending photos and videos of the mob and boasting how he had avoided the tear gas, Mr. Michetti repeated former President uh, Trump's claims of election fraud Uh, and was arguing with his girlfriend he said if you can't see the election was stolen you're a moron (laughs) this is what he texted his girlfriend during the riot she did not take kindly to the insult and ratted him out to the fbi handing over to law enforcement the string of texts photos and videos that he had sent to her the unnamed ex-girlfriend told the fbi that he had texted her the day before that he was taking a train to Washington from his home in the Philadelphia suburbs, told her he was going to D.C. because he believed the election had been stolen. Uh, Mr. Machetti has now been charged with knowingly entering a restricted building, violent entry and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds and obstruction of Congress. He faces potentially up to 20 years in prison. And he's probably looking for a new girlfriend, I would imagine. That's a very bad day. He took a break from rioting to insult his girlfriend via text message. Not too bright. Okay. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, uh, this from Florida. Always have to have a story out of Florida, and this is very unusual. Police say... A naked man holding only a Bible was shot as he was going door to door. The man was said to be outside the Sunshine Garden Apartments in Pembroke, Pembroke Pines, Pembroke, Pines, Florida. When he was shot, responding officers found the man uh, lying on on the, the porch of this guy. The shooter was arrested. Some residents say the man was knocking on doors and asking if they wanted some of this, as he pointed to his uh, private parts. He was naked and holding only a Bible. <laughs> God and guns. Uh, the unidentified shooter is the one who actually called police, so he's, he's arrested. No word on the condition. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. Um, how about a, a couple of... Well, this is... a. This is an interesting story. Um, International file. A couple of stories from the international file. Chinese man has been ordered to pay his ex-wife $7,700 for her housework as part of their divorce proceedings. Representing the first case following a recently enacted law, this man was ordered to cover the cost of the years that his former spouse spent conducting domestic services. The woman said in court that she deserved compensation for, for the over 2 years she spent raising their son with no substantial input from her ex-husband she was also given full custody of their child the heavily debated law means that breadwinning ex-spouses could be required to compensate their uh, former spouse compensate their ex for anything from cooking and cleaning to elder care as long as as it was done during the marriage wow 77 grand he's got to pay her for uh, the for her labor during their marriage, I cut down on the divorce rate, I would think. And, uh, how about this from Coventry, England, a British man, thanks to his children, a British man was able to have his final last call. This is a report out of the sun newspaper, Kevin McGlinchey's dying. Kevin McGlinchy. his dying wish was for his ashes to be poured down the drain at his favorite pub. <laughs> so following his death, his son and daughter mixed his ashes with lager and poured it out right there at the Hollybush pub. Both uh, Cassidy and Owen, Mr. McGlinchy's kids, say they know the idea was out there, but it, I mean, it was kind of out there, but it makes them happy to do what their dad wanted. So there you go. He got his final wish. That is today's broken news report. Brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
3: The COVID vaccines are making the rounds, and you may be wondering what it will be like post-pandemic. Maybe you like working from home. Will you still be able to do it? Will we still have to wear masks and stay distance? Will we be able to go into ball games or concerts or be able to visit a friend in the hospital? You have questions, and that's why we're committed to keeping you up to date with the latest information. It's here at 1330 WFIN, 95.5 FM and at WFIN.com.
0: There is a big food scandal going on in Canada. Have you heard about this? No. (laughs) It is called Buttergate. It has been nicknamed Buttergate, and it is beginning to erupt all across Canada. Okay. It all stems from a Twitter user who complained that her butter was not getting soft at room temperature.
8: Oh, that's not good. That's tragic.
0: She says something is up with our butter supply and I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Have you noticed it is no longer soft at room temperature? and many others replied sharing that they have noticed a change too hmm.
8: I, my butter's been soft so
0: <laughs> well that's it's apparently this is a uh, Canadian only, Canadian only butter in game Canada. yeah
8: okay at the moment okay. there is
0: at the moment there is no official word on what is called uh, at, at, uh, there is no official word on what has caused the change in butter. But uh, Sylvain Charlebois, senior director at the Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhous- uh, Dalhousie University, says, quote, This is not what the industry needs. This is not what Canadians deserve. Nope. So,
8: no, nope. They don't deserve hard butter. We will. We need some soft butter. <laughs> we will
0: continue to follow this story uh, as it develops. Buttergate." In Canada, my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio this morning. <laughs> it's uh, hard to, as we,
8: it's hard to. Uh, I just thought we would share that. Spread butter so on your p- toast with hard I know, butter. Ugh. I know, and bread. That's so just, yeah, yeah, uh, not a good thing.
0: I, I, I thought this was food related. We definitely yes. should, uh, should share this, yes. and we will continue to uh, follow the Go story up there and protest as we get more information. <laughs> Storm Parliament in Canada. <laughs>
1: Soft our butter. We, we need our that, soft butter. Now there's a reason. To, butter, there's a reason butter. to storm
0: the legislature. <laughs> um, my wife Kyra has joined us in the uh, studio. We have another collection of fun and easy recipes, delicious recipes um, from Kyra's kitchen, and uh, we begin this morning with a ground beef casserole.
8: Yes. Okay. Yeah, this one's easy and really good, and um, something you can. Put together really quick when you get home from, from work. Again,
0: here is don't be intimidated by a long list of right. ingredients. Yes. What do we got here? Yes.
8: So it's one pound of ground beef, one 14 ounce can of diced roast tomatoes, one cup of crushed tomatoes, one six ounce can of tomato paste, a teaspoon of salt, a teaspoon of sugar, a three fourth teaspoon of dry basil, a fourth teaspoon of pepper. Uh, three cups uncooked medium egg noodles, uh, small onion chopped, container of sour cream, uh, half a block of cream cheese softened, one cup of shredded cheddar cheese, one cup of shredded Parmesan cheese, and one cup of shredded mozzarella cheese. So in a large skillet over medium heat, uh, add your ground round or your ground beef. Ground beef, yeah. Yeah, cook uh, breaking up with a wooden spoon until no longer pink. Add the tomatoes, the tomato paste, the salt, the sugar, and the seasoning. Uh, stir to mix and let simmer over over low heat um, while you get the rest of your ingredients ready. So, and then preheat your oven to three hundred fifty degrees. Uh, cook your egg noodles um, according to package. I. I um, did it a little bit less because you're going to be putting you're gonna it,
1: cook the, you're going to
8: be cooking it again, also. we had one with, of these yes.
0: recipes uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago yeah. where you don't want to quite do quite, it all the yeah. way done yeah. so because about, it's going to cook more. About smart. eight
8: minutes. Okay. So, so, and then um, drain them in a medium bowl, stir together your noodles and your onions and your sour cream and cream cheese. Uh, try and do that while the noodles was, noodles are still hot. So okay. as soon as you drain, go ahead mm-hmm. and get that all done. Uh, Spoon your noodle mixture in a greased 13 by 9 inch baking dish. Top with your beef mixture, sprinkle with your cheese, and bake for 40 minutes.
0: And there you go. It really is actually uh, very simple. Lots
8: of ingredients, Um, but It's simple
0: unless you're in Canada where the things don't soften the way they should. Oh my gosh, yeah. Could you imagine not softening clean cheese? That's not good either. (laughs) To go along with the uh, ground beef casserole, we have easy fricata bread.
8: Yes, so this is really easy. The big thing is with this one, you have to use self-rising flour. So not just your regular all-purpose flour. Okay. So And you can get smaller packages of self-rising flour. So um, so if you don't use it all that often, mm-hmm. but it's one and a half cups of self-rising flour, one and a fourth cups of sour cream, four tablespoons of olive oil, one teaspoon dried basil, and one teaspoon of lowry salt. So mix the self-rising flour with the sour cream to combine to make a dough. Uh, turn onto a flour surface, uh, knead several times, form into a ball. Pour two tablespoons of olive oil into a ten-inch cast iron skillet. Use that iron skillet. Add the ball. Add the ball of dough, flatten slightly. Turn to coat both sides with the olive oil. Then um, and then flatten the dough with the with the uh, into the pan, and then use your uh, fingertips to kind of put little divots. In okay. the top of the focaccia. Okay. Um, to form dimples. Then drizzle with some more olive oil, sprinkle with uh, the dried basil and the Lowry salt, and bake at 400 for 330 to 35 minutes.
0: Again, this one you could use uh, any. Oh yeah, skillet. Yeah, but an iron, iron skillet, skillet is going to yeah. be just because yeah. it's already cats seasoned and it yeah just absolutely kind of gives is, it an extra. It's flavor. just not going to be as good yeah. unless you've got a good seasoned iron skillet. Yep. And then yep. for dessert, we have a slow cooker berry cobbler, yeah. and I think we did something like this yeah uh, a long time ago, but this is another yeah. slow cooker berry cobbler. Yeah,
8: this is um so one cup flour, uh, two tablespoons of sugar. A teaspoon of baking powder, a fourth a teaspoon of ground cinnamon, a fourth a cup of milk, one egg, and two tablespoons of vegetable oil.
0: And that's for the cobbler. That's
8: for the batter. Yep. That's for the cobbler batter. Mm -hmm. So then for the berry mixture, you have four cups of mixed berries frozen, um and um, you can find a bag of those in your frozen, frozen.
0: But you want them yeah. thawed. Yeah, you and want drain, right?
8: Yeah, okay. just uh, yeah. So thawed and drain. Uh, one cup of sugar and a fourth cup of flour. So for the batter, in a large bowl, combine the flour, the sugar, the baking powder, and the cinnamon. Stir in the milk, the egg, the oil until combined. Batter will be thick. Very lightly. thick. Yeah. 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 Lightly grease a uh, four-quart uh, slow cooker. Spread batter, batter in the bottom. So mm-hmm. the batter goes first. Right. Then mix together your berry mixture, um, your berries, your sugar, and your flour. Spread that over top the cobbler. Cook uh, for about two to three hours. Serve warm with a scoop of ice cream mm-hmm. or some yeah, or some cool whip. That, or, is, you know, that yeah. is
0: good stuff yes. right there. So uh, we have the ground beef casserole, the easy fricata bed, um, and the slow cooker berry cobbler recipes uh, posted on our Facebook page and linked up at good mornings dot net more easy and delicious recipes From Kyra's Kitchen My wife Kyra with us this morning Kyra, thanks very much You're welcome And that is our podcast for today Remember, you can get more information On all of the topics that we talk about each day On the show at our webpage Goodmornings.net We are always on 24-7 on the World Wide Web Check out our webpage too To connect with us on our social media channels Uh, Contact us directly via email Sign up for our daily email newsletter And more Bookmark that page Check back every day There's always something new Good mornings.net. So until Monday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day and a great weekend. We'll catch you back here on Monday morning.